Hi, I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and welcome to the Dying to Ask podcast. Today's show is another collaboration with the Sacramento Speakers Series, which I have the privilege of being a co-host for this year. And it features a former pro athlete who made one of the most successful transitions from sports to real life. Steve Young. Here's what you probably already know about Steve Young. He was a quarterback for 15 seasons, mainly with the 49ers, a two-time MVP Super Bowl winner. Unlike Travis Kelsey, he did not make a lot of headlines for who he was dating or as many. Rather, it was the lack of dating during his pro years that seemed to get everybody's attention. It was a little unusual, both for a pro athlete and also someone of Mormon faith. So those were the uh, controversies he dealt with personally during those years. However, he did meet the love of his life, Barb, on a blog date in his late 30s, and he is a father of four. So that might be enough for most people. But Steve Young started working on post-retirement plans while he was in the height of his fame. He attended BYU and achieved a law degree while playing in the league. Interesting, as it was actually decades before online school was a thing. On this Dine to Ask, advice on a second act, especially if your first act was as defining as Steve Young's. Two of Steve Young's kids play football not his sons, how flag football has created an incredible bond between father and daughters. And Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, Steve Young has some thoughts, the empathy he has for the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Steve Young is my guest on this week's Dying to Ask podcast. Have you ever wondered how did they do that? I do all the time. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and Dying to Ask is the podcast that gets me off a TV news set and into candid conversations with authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and influencers I have been dying to talk to. Soak up the motivation that comes from learning how other people live their lives, how they take an idea or a goal, they follow through, and they pull it off. And maybe along the way, I'll get some answers to questions you've been dying to ask. Well, the timing of having you in town um, ahead of this weekend's I game, I mean, it like could not be better. <laughs> and I know you have a, a, a great relationship with Brock Purdy, um, and he has the potential to be you. <laughs> and it's been a long time for the 49ers. Yeah. What, what, has been, what have been the conversations that you've had with him in terms of, I don't even want to use advice, but I, I'm wondering what you tell him to expect. Well, I mean, he is somebody that is, I mean, I've never... I guess I have met people, but I mean, he's, he's, everything he thinks about is thinking about how heaven is influencing his, his behavior and what he's doing. And he has this incredible faith and the faith allow that faith now gives him the freedom to feel like everything is purposeful. And in that purposefulness, this is a wild life that he's gotten into the middle of now because he's in the playoffs. He's going to the Super Bowl. He's, 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 he's an NFL quarterback and like, but for him, it's just not crazy. It's as if it's, it's, you know, he said, I, if I went away and I was just a, you know, a farmer in Sacramento Valley, like, great. You know, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't be any different. And so if you think about how he handles, because so many people get overwhelmed. Like, how do, you, how do you handle it all? And to him, it's like, well, yeah, it's just what's here today and might be different tomorrow. And it's very, it's a very interesting way to do it. And I, and I very faith, based and I, I really resonated with it. I, I appreciated it. I think that's why, you know, you wonder how he's so young, how does he, he seems so present. He feels so like he looks like a veteran. And I think that's very much about uh, how he sees the world. Yeah, there's a there's an ease there that I think people who don't play in the NFL wish they had. Right. <laughs> it's really common. Right. Usually most human beings when 
adrenaline goes up, your mind closes, you sweat, and you get nervous, and you're not yourself. It feels like the adrenaline, I mean, the pressure goes up, and he gets calmer and gets more of himself. So I think it's a nice, nice yeah. combination. Um, you have four kids. Two of them, from what I read, are obsessed by football, and they are your daughters. Right. <laughs> and flag football. Right. Isn't that crazy? It, I love it. And yeah. so many people have loved it. What do you make of the rise of flag football with it becoming an Olympic sport in 2028, but also what it's done for girls and, and the relationship even you have with your daughters? I, it all exploded on me as a revelation uh, when they went and played. And I didn't mu think much about it. Oh, that's nice. Then they said, well, you come and coach. And I said, well, I'll come over and help. And the first practice I went over and helped. And I, I guess I was just, I don't know, just kind of numb, dumb. and. I, and what hit me was the joy. It was like overwhelming the joy that these girls had in playing something that they weren't allowed to play. Mm -hmm. And I never thought that. I was like, because oh, me, I played football my whole life. It was, a, it was absolutely like, get up, brush your teeth, play football. And I never thought about what it would have been like to be told, no, you don't, you don't play football. And then to be said, you can play football. And I think that that, that, over, uh, that first day was I went home and just couldn't I mean it was just visceral it was it was like oh my gosh how much I took it for granted and how amazing it was to see their joy in in the fact that they could go do it they didn't even know the game what a great bond though they didn't for even you. know it yeah it's a great bond with my daughters but but I, I I can't underestimate I can't not I mean I don't know how to tell you the effect it was it was inclusion it was like inclusion in a way that you that everyone would agree Oh my gosh, it's so cool. And then they learned the game and they loved it. <laughs> it was like one thing about having the opportunity to play. Now it's like, no, we love the game. Yeah. I, I, that, by the time the season was over, I was having as much fun as I've ever had in my life coaching these girls in flag football. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, you have, I think, one of the greatest second acts um, in sports in terms of getting a law degree while you were still in the game and then getting into private equity, which is what you're doing in the Bay Area now. What advice would you give to people about crafting what's next, especially wow. if your first part of your life was something big and accomplished? Uh, okay, when it ends, you fall off a cliff and the next morning you wake up and the day before you were very good at something uh, you were very accomplished in something, and now it's gone. And you wake up that next morning in a bag of bones at the bottom of the cliff. And I think that that's just, it's okay. There is a death in it. There's a death of that part of your life, that part of the dream that you might have had, uh, the thing that you were great at. And I, I can tell you that I say it in those words because I think it's important to be able to just accept it and say, look, it's, and I'm going to have to start over. And today, yesterday I was great at something. Today, I'm not even good at anything. Because I, I, I don't have, who's great at two things, right? Or three <laughs> things, like, so then how am I gonna start to get good or great again? <laughs> I, my old, my old um, hero, Roger Staubach said, when you finish playing, run. <laughs> Just run away and start becoming good at something else. You start training again. Start training again. You train again. And there's a humility to it. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a, a grace in it like just it's any transition in life I mean I've been now I'm transitioning now again in life as I kids get out of I'm gonna be an empty nester and like I don't like it I don't I don't want I don't want it and it's like give me some grace to just 
figure out how to transition. It's hard. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, I have read that you have thoughts on the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift phenomenon. <laughs> However, what I have read is that your thoughts are with Patrick Mahomes and that you actually have a lot of empathy for the situation that he's kind of been in this, this season. It's unheard of what's happened. <laughs> the world's most famous person suddenly starts to date a NFL football player. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> and, uh, and football really is around, well, sports in general, but football particularly, play every seven days and there's a routine to it. Mm -hmm. Because you have to go, it's a, such a physical game. You have to get emotionally and, and kind of physically and emotionally ready to play. And so there's a pattern to it. And injecting something else to think about or to talk about or or that's a distraction. Yeah. And look, Taylor doesn't mean to be a distraction. He wants to come watch the game. Yeah. Jason, I mean, uh, Travis doesn't mean to be a distraction. He likes, like, it's totally normal. But in the effect, the unintended effect is everyone's like distracted. <laughs> and that's actually not great for football. So right. it actually adds to, you know, it's hard to play great football. It's hard to be really good in the NFL. And so you don't want to do anything that makes it harder. And Taylor Swift at the game, in a weird way, makes it harder because of the distraction. It's not anyone's fault. It just is. Yeah. And I think it's been fun to watch the Chiefs embrace it, handle it really, I think, pretty gracefully, and then go through the uh, the, the the increased problem, you know, difficulty, and overcome it. And it feels like there's a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, can you imagine? if they go to the Super Bowl and she sings the national anthem <laughs> and then tra Travis comes on the field and she, they kiss and like it could be explode the internet. Oh my gosh. Like it could explode the internet forever. Your next chapter could be writing rom-coms. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's happening, I think. It might happen. Could be. The only thing that would be better is if at the half she played flag football. Right. Yes. That would be the full circle moment. And I coached. You know? And you coached. Hey, thank you very <laughs> much. Sure. I sure appreciate the time. You and bet. It's great catching up. My pleasure. My pleasure. Nice to be with you. Do you wish the conversation would continue? Do you want more Steve Young? Well, I would suggest then that you check out his book. It's called QB, My Life Behind the Spiral. It came out in 2016, so you should be able to get it from your local library. I've also got a link in the show notes for you to check out. I really enjoyed it. If you're a big football fan, you will love hearing the stories behind the plays because that is what a good half of the book, first half of the book, is about his rise through the NFL. Do you know somebody who's plotting a second act? I'd love you to text this show to them from the podcast app where you're listening right now. now most of you statistically listen on Apple Podcasts, as it turns out. And if those of you could take a moment and leave a rating, a review, it really helps the show get suggested to other listeners. It works that algorithm. So if you could do that for me, that would be a very nice favor. Thank you. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick. Thank you for listening to the Dying to Ask podcast, and we'll see you next time.